Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of iCast Fireball, an actual play 5e D&D adventure where we go through the campaign, Tyranny of Dragons. I'm Thomas Redeem for this adventure, and around the table we have... Malamara. Lance Thalen. And Fleepo. Well, we have some stuff that happened last episode. We have some things to work through, but before we get into the flashbacks, the Jank Squad decided they were going to be assisting the council by going after the Drakhorn, or at least information regarding the Drakhorn, as there seems to be information that they are not fully aware of. Go flashing back, we had a little bit of a shopping episode. Not fully, we didn't actually go to the Illusory Illusion, but after taking stock of our inventory and a brief conversation between Lance and Fleeple regarding the Demonomicon, there was the long-awaited open discussion amongst all three of the party members about the Demonomicon, Mal's relationship with the patron, and how that all went down. The party currently is split. Not only physically, but emotionally as well. They Fleeple destroyed the contract he had with Mal way back when we began in Greenest. And uh, getting a new charcuterie board, charcuterie board uh, for himself, Lance turned invisible and then is nowhere to be seen, at least currently to Mal. And we come to the remaining members of the Jank Squad in this room after Lance turned invisible with the Demon Alcon and that. That's where we jump into this week's adventure. Mal, Lance, uh, what's going on here? How, 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 how are we, what's, what's happening? Well, I assume that she hears the sound of the chair scooting back and feet leaving. At the very least. Yeah, yeah, probably. Lance is probably in a little bit of a panic. Lance has, has cast invisibility and almost like forgetting he can do this because he hasn't done it since the level up to level 10 in the book like oh my gosh this is this was an ability i can have in the future and i can have it now <laughs> almost is going to ah uh, ah uh, uh, okay this is intense is going to stand up and kick the chair back and he is going to run to the door fling it open and then step to the side pretending that he has run down the hallway, but is actually still in the room. Sounds good. Once the chair flings backwards, Mal stands up as well. Uh, and she swears loudly and she reaches into her bag and she pulls out an onyx statue of a dog, which is a wondrous item that I've had since the beginning of the campaign. She puts it um, on the floor and pats its head and it turns into a life-size mastiff dog. Yes, this is one of the magic items that Mal got actually, not at the beginning of the campaign, but in the underground library. Mm-hmm. I believe. Was it in the library? I, I was like, I don't, so. I don't remember how long I've had it. It's just on my list. <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> it's been a while. I haven't used it because um, the Onyx dog becomes a Mastiff for six hours. It can speak common. <laughs> it has dark vision. But uh, once it the six hours are up, it takes seven days until you can use it again. And sometimes that's just really hard for me to like not be able to like refresh every day. So as it uh as it as you pat the head, the dog barks to life and goes, Oh hey, thanks for finally pulling me out of there. I was uh, in a statue for quite a long time. 
and uh, I thought it was a little bit rude that you didn't uh, introduce yourself. My name is Balthith, and um, I'm uh, happy to serve you. She will kneel down in front of him and scratch him under his jaw. Like oh yeah, that dog. Oh yeah, that's real nice. Is that good? Yeah, that's I good. Like Great. That. Oh, thank you. I need you to sniff this out. And he, she pulls out her sword, and on the end of her sword has a part of Lance's raggedy clothing. <laughs> And she says, find him. The onyx dog statue can see invisible creatures and objects. That is true. And so as uh, he sniffs and goes. <laughs> oh, hey, he's right, right, he's right there. It's right over and there. And I hear that. I hear that. <laughs> he's looking right at you. <laughs> Stab it. Lance will run the heck away as fast as his feet can fly. Oh, now he's not there anymore. <laughs> I'm so oh sorry. I literally, as we were recording the last episode and we were doing all of the court, the council stuff, I was looking at my list because we were talking about the bag of holding and I was like, I should write out what the Onyx dog can do. And I wrote it all, and I was like, oh, he can see invisible creatures. That's cool. There you go. <laughs> he went up his phone table. I'm so sorry. No, Why no, it's right good. <laughs> yeah, and as soon as Lance hears that, he will book it as fast as his feet can carry him. <laughs> sorry. I'm broken. Oh, my oh, gosh. Oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> What's next? <laughs> yeah. I have five hours and fifty-nine minutes left. Stick him. Follow him. Go. So as Lance uh, just curses to the sky and runs away, the dog immediately goes, "Oh yeah, no, now he's gone. Yeah, he didn't know I could see him, so he, he's out of here." Stick him. Follow him. Oh, oh yeah, of course. Oh, okay. So the dog just starts chasing after Lance. <laughs> Matt will try to keep up. Oh, man. Yeah. And um, you can keep pace here. So we are in a chase sequence here. <laughs> okay. I can run I can run 90 feet per round. Yes. I'm uh, looking at the stats of an onyx dog that can see invisible creatures. <laughs> I hear four pairs of feet go running past the bathroom door that I'm sitting in. Yeah. With you probably just hear Lance yourself? going. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, I gotta look up dog stats. Mastiff, it's a good dog. It's a good boy. I will note the Onyx dog is only able to see invisible creatures and objects within 60 feet of itself. Yes. 40 feet. The Mastiff can run 40 feet, which is 80 using its action. And you have 90 that you can run, right? Okay. There there gets to be a certain point. I guess, Lance, where are you heading? I am heading to nowhere. Uh, what, what's his face? Leosin was not going to be here for a month, right? He's still chilling somewhere else. Yeah, he's, he's not here yet. Lance is r- knowing that a freaking dog can see him. <laughs> Lance is going to try and get to the most crowded area of the city and do what he does best 
even when invisible, disappear. Okay. I will have you roll. Uh, how long does invisibility last? It is one hour. That's enough time to get away from the dog to where he can't see you anymore. And uh, Mal, as he's running, he goes, Oh, dang it. Yeah, I can't see him anymore, but uh, I can smell him, so we can still probably chase him. It's all right. And uh, his nose just immediately goes to the ground. Okay, yeah, he's going this direction. Looks like he's going to some of the more populated areas of Waterdeep. It's been a long time since I've been in Waterdeep. And Lance, let's just go ahead and... Um, do you want to roll a performance check or a stealth check here to stealth. blend in? <laughs> yeah, I figured. Since you are invisible, it is with advantage. But I'm going to need you to describe to me how does Lance disappear? How does he going to disappear to where after an hour they just can't find you again? Hmm. Lance is headed to very, a very crowded market, and Lance is invisible. So Lance is going to be grabbing at and dousing himself with any and all manner of the smelliest objects he can find. I will run past the charcuterie man and grab some cheeses. I will run past the wine clerk and I will douse myself. I am trying to cover myself in things that change my smell. Knowing that a dog obviously relies on smell. It's, I think, an obvious thing for, 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 you know, anybody just in the world. Mm -hmm. I'm going to try and do that. And as I'm doing that, I am then going to try and just keep on, like zigzagging through the market doing that and at some point when I feel like okay I've got enough on me I'm just gonna like almost stop and then like with invisibility going on kind of like try and back away into a side alley okay one roll um, stealth with advantage which I already have with my boots but that's with sound alright that is 24 24 We'll just say that that's what you do over the whole hour, right? And the dog, throughout the hour, is unable to see you. You make sure that you're a distance away as you're getting these smells. I am going to have the dog roll uh, perception with advantage. It does have keen smell to try and find you. I would also like, if, if the DM will permit me to... I also have a pseudo-dragon that also has keen senses. Can I use them both separately to try and track Lance through this? Here's what I'll say. Um, if you want to use two, we could... I will allow it, but to make sure that we're not just hampering Lance here and Jacob. Yes. If, That's why uh, yeah. We want... I will roll for both of them, or you will roll for the pseudo-dragon, and I will roll for the... Uh, Mastiff, but I will take the average of the two scores. So if one rolls really low and the other one rolls really high, the average might work it out to where it could beat Jacob's stealth check, or you could just rely on one of them. So The only way either of them will beat that is with a natural 20, and even then, both of their perceptions only plus three. Yep. And even That's with fair. a natural 20, they wouldn't have be able to... That's a so good point. My hope was that in rolling advantage, I would have four rolls of one of them maybe getting a a natural 20. a natural I twenty see, was I the see. only option. But I see, I see. Yeah. Um, but a twenty-four is hard to beat. 
24 is hard to beat. That's a really good stealth check. The Mastiff, he rolls a 15 with advantage, unfortunately. And so he's, uh, he's, he, he's definitely confused. Lance has confused him in the market, and so he starts doubling back on himself. And uh, after an hour, he goes, Oh, she will. Um, well, I know that he's been here, but I just can't pinpoint him down. I'm sorry. That's okay. And she'll scratch him behind his ears. Oh, well, thank you. That's very kind. You're a lot kinder than my previous master. And, uh, oh, let me tell you, she was a jerk. And, uh, she just, uh, she'd just make me, uh, go get her something out of the the wine cellar. Uh, with basically my only duty when I was out. So, thank you. She'll kneel down and give him really good scratches. Oh, goodness me. My grandfather taught me that you're only as good as your hunting companion, so... As long as you're treated good. I'm a companion now. This is... Wow. <laughs> can you keep me forever? <laughs> Please? That's, Thank that's you. The, that's the plan, buddy. That's the plan, buddy. <laughs> How about we just strive for dinner? Lance, you see them a distance away, not able to see you, as you have hidden yourself in the shadows in one of the alleyways successfully. They uh, don't seem to be following you anymore. And it's at this time we kind of uh, take that moment to just... We're all in our separate situations now. Fleeple is uh, actually probably in the market now, getting a a very nice charcuterie board. Um, uh, Maybe two of them now. So he goes, ah, Master Fleeple, yes, you're back, of course. I have some fine, fine selections for you here. I had a feeling you'd be back for more. Yes, which of these will wash away the emotions? Uh... Goodness me, uh, haven't we been there at all? Well, let me go and introduce you to something called fondue, my friend. And he takes you over to uh, a little pot that has been uh, simmering. And uh, see, what you do is you take the bread and you dip it and then you... Um, and so we have like our whole melting the melting pot situation here that uh, Fleeple is uh, getting introduced to. And uh Fleeple's being like oh yes i've produced flame i don't know why i've been thinking about this before uh lance you're able to see essentially your two party members and mal you're on the other side of the market just sort of sitting down <sighs> just with zaza on one shoulder and uh balthus just <laughs> chatting your ear off honestly just <laughs> going <laughs> telling you about where he's been what he's done for all this time so I leave it to each of you players if there's anything in particular you want to do in this given moment, or we could flash forward to the next day, um, the next, uh, maybe if it takes a couple of days for things to kind of blow over between the three of you. Happy to happy to accommodate however I can over here. Yeah, Fleeple currently. So are you familiar with the term instant regret? So <laughs> I, I definitely, uh, I've, uh, I've had um, some instances in my life. Yeah, it's the kind of situation where it's like, man, I really need to send a message. And you just think of like, this is going to be the perfect thing to say that's really going to hit them hard. And then you do it and you're like, yeah, it it hit them hard. But now I feel like a terrible human. But it hit me hard, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Fleeple is very much like, okay, I need to. That was not a good cleric thing to do. I need to go and do, like, the good cleric thing. I'm going to be a good mm-hmm. cleric, not the bad cleric. Fleeple, would you like to go to a Temple of Bahamut in Waterdeep here and maybe, like, mold us over? 
Yeah, like, the thing is, he knows he has to go and try and clear stuff up, but he needs to give it some time, is, like, yeah. the main thing. Give it some space. Yeah, he needs... I mean, you're... you're this whole journey for you, like... We started back in Greenest where Fleeple's morality was so focused, but he, he's discovered so much as he's been adventuring with Mal and with Lance, and that has really changed and shaped him. So, And now he has a literal god who is imparting his power and the added responsibility. And um, I don't know if you, Ned, felt like Fleeple maybe could use uh, some... Uh, counsel, some advice from somebody, or maybe just some discussion with another fellow worshiper of a uh, servant of Bahamut as well. But we can ac- absolutely go into that, or if, if time is all that Fleeples needs as well, we can do that. Yeah, I think he just needs some space, needs some quiet, mm-hmm. some solitude, and uh, he's got the Sending Stone, so when the time comes, he'll be able mm-hmm. to reach out to whoever. He, he's not actually sure if Mal or Lance has the other sending stone. But I think Mal does, yeah. Yeah, when the time is right, when things have settled down, he knows that he'll be able to at least get in touch. But for now, going to stuff his gut with way too much dairy and realistically probably just ruin the bathrooms at the Temple of Bahamut. <laughs> <clears throat> Porcelain. Yes. The porcelain! Oh, the porcelain! Porcelain! So, so Fleeple, uh, that's that's kind of what you're doing for the next little bit. Lance, what are you doing for the next little bit? Here? So, this is so... Like, this is not me being like, oh, that's a good idea, Ned. I'm going to... This was legitly, like, what I was thinking <gasps> before Ned even spoke up about anything. Because now that, like, Lance, Lance is, like, hiding in an alley... And he's just seeing his party out there, Fleeple stuffing his sorrows with cheese, and Malamara looking pissed and angry with a dog that likes to gossip, and is just like realizing like like our party's is our party done? Like what has just happened? And he knows he also has this book that he doesn't know what it is, but he knows now how serious it can be, and he's like, This is a bad book. It needs to go somewhere. I don't know who... This is all Lance's thoughts. Like, I don't know who to go to. Leosin's not here. So my whole bluff of taking it to him doesn't work. I don't want to bring it to any city official. And he's just, like, racking his brain. And he's like, where is somewhere I can trust? And Lance doesn't trust anything. And so he thinks, what does Malamara trust? Well, I'm not going there. And then he thinks, what does Fleeple trust? And this is honestly what I was thinking before Ned said anything. And he went, I'm going to go to the Temple of Bahamut. And so probably at some point when Fleeple's not taking a bathroom break, he's going to see a very filthy, drenched, raggedy Lance Thalen, just like almost like in a corner of a temple because Lance has never been a man of faith in anything And so it's a really awkward place for him to be. But he's just like in a corner, just like kind of looking nervous and thinking what to do. And probably Fleeple honestly sees him because it's just very off-putting. Lance can't really hide here. (laughs) Before Fleeple does see him, you walk into the Temple of Bahama and it is magnificent. It's platinum encased, basically. Flecks of platinum in the actual inlay of the building itself. Um, Of course it would the platinum dragon you have to have platinum and so although it looks gaudy and you walk inside it is gaudy as well 
It's very big. You have um, many depictions of not only the Platinum Draken, but uh, instances of the Platinum Dragon Bahama in their human form, helping, assisting. And um, as you are sitting there and reflecting in the corner, you hear a voice off to your shoulder just go, When I find I've been um, put a, put myself in a corner, I uh, usually have something on my mind that would easily be solved by talking to somebody. And as you jump and turn around, it's just a robed priest of the Platinum Dragon uh, of, from the temple and goes, uh, forgive me, I, it is my duty to seek out those who um, seem to be troubled, and if I may be so bold, you definitely seem to be one of them. As he looks at your filthy, smelly, and clammy appearance. Uh, yes, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm not really into this whole worship thing. Oh, no need to apologize. Please don't. We we welcome all. It, it doesn't matter if you are a believer or non-believer. We, all we wish is to help, and we just wish to serve. And so we, we just welcome you and thank you for coming into our walls today. I, I have a friend who's a believer. At first I thought he was very foolish, but um, seeing what he can do and based in his belief, I, I know there's something behind what you do. I just don't know. Well, like this temple... You covered it with platinum, but yet I pass people starving. Where's the good in that? Well, it can be difficult to see the creator's hand as you walk amongst the poor, the needy, the destroyed, the downtrodden. And there are some situations which we are rather questions that we don't have the answers to. But have you ever found yourself reaching out for something and uh, feeling nothing on the other side. Nothing there. Uh, I don't... <clears throat> this is uncomfortable. Um, yes, but also no. I've seen things on the other side and I sound... I probably look crazy by saying that. And I've seen a lot of bad... Well, this priest, they cock their head and they go, Oh my, you seem to have had some strong experiences yourself yes not with Bahamut um, but just with something beyond I don't I don't mean to take up your time I'm just I have something that should not be in my possession hmm and I need some place to put it and this is the only place that I've seen good come from well I am humbled by your statement and uh, that you have seen good come from us. It is, of course, our main mission and purpose, but this item that you have, is it a stolen item? Ah, uh, yes. Um, not mean, not meant to be stolen. It's, it's, it's put my friend in a bit of a jam and it's kind of starting to put me in a little bit of a jam. Can you perhaps, do you perhaps think that you stealing it is what is causing you so much guilt and causing you to be in a jam in the first place? Yes, but I don't know if I should give it to this place. I don't, I trust my friend's belief. I trust him in his belief, but I don't trust 
others with it. I've seen people take belief and do terrible things with it. Well, if uh, you have stolen this item, I would be... I would not be eager to take that off your hands. I would more likely encourage you to give it back. Possibly to your friend, if that's who you stole it from. Oh, that's not a good idea. <laughs> this thing is changing them. Mm -hmm. And there lies your conflict. It's not good for them. It will lead them somewhere where I don't think they can ever come back from, and they will become unrecognizable, I'm afraid. And with that, the priest just sort of looks up at the main, um, the main mural in the back, which shows just, it's a tall mural. It must have taken months to paint um, because it's slightly moving, but it is of Bahamut stretched out, flying upwards with its wings extended and its arms extended to the side in a very religious imagery as the bright light there seems to be nine rays that are sparkling against its head and refracting and it seems to spill into the room and the priest sort of sighs and goes it can be difficult to see well loved one a friend go down a path that we think is not right one that's changing them for the better or worse it's it's frightening and i don't pretend to have all the answers but what I have learned, not only in my teachings, but just in life in general, is you can't really change people. And if your friend has decided to go down this path, and if things are changing them, and they invite that, you can't ultimately change them. Whether it's taking that thing away from them that's changing them, or uh, a father... Uh, sending their child away to a, a reform school to change their behavior. I, I can just share my own personal experience and that change has to come from them. And we can't really control what they do. The only thing that we can control is how we react to other people's choices. I, I don't know if that helps you, and I, I would wager to say it probably doesn't, but that's just my personal experience in my life. And about this time, Fleeple is exiting uh, one of the rooms in the Platinum Dragon and uh, sees this Lance, or rather, somebody that looks like Lance, having this conversation with a priest that you exchange pleasantries with uh, when you first entered in. It looks like Lance, doesn't smell like Lance, but Fleeple uh, has been, you know, working off some emotions off by himself and seeing that Lance is here, takes some deep breaths. Uh, I'm going to cast Command on myself and say, smile, and walk over to Lance. Ah, I see your friend has... Yes, this is... Sorry, oh, Fleeple, I didn't know... Um, Yes, this is Fleeple, he's... um. He's uh, he's he's a worshiper. Yes, we have exchanged pleasantries as I uh, as I was fortunate to recognize another servant and uh, worshiper of Bahamut. As he takes a deep bow, and with that, and without even a goodbye, they quietly walk away. Hey, buddy. Hey, buddy. 
We're in a little bit of a pickle right now. And there are a lot of pickles inside me right now as well. <laughs> you are a fan. You are a fan of cheese and pickles. You did, um... I'm not, I'm not going to lie, that was pretty shocking what you did with the contract. Yes. I made a mistake, I think. But I can't take it back. You know, time isn't wibbly-wobbly like that. If only it were. Fleeple, I'm scared for Malamara. She's going down a road I don't know if we can ever pull her back from. But at the same time, I don't know if me getting rid of this book is going to stop that. I'm scared about what's happening to Malamara as well. And... From just a purely logistical standpoint, what I did makes sense. We're minimizing our risks. But the thing about caring about somebody is it doesn't always make sense, is the problem. It's the worst. <laughs> it's really the worst. I think we need to give her some time to think for a bit. It's, it's tricky because that's also time that she could be going out and doing goodness knows what, mm -hmm. but... Yeah, last time we left her alone wasn't the best. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll maybe take some time and look up all of the nearest underground fighting pits and just get ready for that eventuality. <laughs> do some, some check-ins. Some. Um, I think I got to... I have to... Yeah, I think we should give her some time. I need to talk to her, though, eventually. And I think you... You need to go see a lettersmith. And maybe... Maybe make a more solid contract. Hmm. I think I'll do that, yes. It's very pretty in here, by the way. Yes, 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 yes. It's interesting. The uh, I'm not used to seeing this much excess here. You know, I grew up in the middle of a swamp, so the shiniest thing that we were likely to see was a dragonfly <laughs> flitting past. Uh, there's so much wealth accumulated here. It makes me wonder... What could be done with all of this to help people? But, you know, I I think about all of the terrible things that happened when I was younger and occasionally think to myself, why didn't Bahamut send somebody to change that? Why didn't Bahamut save... Why didn't Bahamut save my friend uh, when I was young and when I was lonely? But I think, I've, as I've spent a lot more time with Bahamut... Um, when there are people around me who are lonely and when they need help, I think Bahamut sends me to help them out. And I think Malamara needs to be helped out. Fleeple, you better run this thing one day, I swear. I mean, if, if I was in charge of this place, we'd get much better restrooms. That place is kind of a hole. <clears throat> yeah, well. My yeah. gosh. Like, I mean, it's literally just a hole in the ground. We don't need to get into yeah, it. Yeah, I get it. I get, I get the visual. I get the visual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, I think I'm going to go. I'm going to go. Thank you. And Lance will stand up, and he's going to start stepping away, and then he's going to turn around, and he's going to be like, Fleeple, I don't think any of us have ever asked this, but... And he'll kind of point to the to the shawl Fleeple has and say, What was your friend's name? His name was Thuriel. It's not the most inventive name. It's, it's literally just draconic for friend. But when it's the only friend you've got, I guess it makes sense. You're a good friend. 
You're a pretty good friend, too, against all odds, it turns out. It's not for lack of not trying. <laughs> yes, you, uh, it was really close there at the beginning. I was, uh, I was ready to let you go. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for not. And he'll kind of look up at the image of Bahamut one last time and just walk. Well, we've done Fleepa, we've done Lance. Now, what's going on? The very first question I have is a crunch squatty question. Yes. In the Ayun song. <laughs> yeah. 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 Ew, crunch squad music. <laughs> I have a reserve Ayun stone, and it says that any creature can cast a spell first through third level into the stone by touching it as a spell is cast. But the Ayun stone is an attunement. Does that mean that anybody who touches it can cast a spell into it, but only the person who's attuned to it can cast out of it? That's how I understand it. That's how I understand it as well. Yeah, because it says any creature can cast a spell into it, but while the stone orbits your head, i.e. it's attuned to you, you can cast any spell that's stored inside of it. Oh, that's nice. So you could have like a wizard or a druid. You can like pay a wizard. Just being like, here's a a third level druid spell. Pop. And then whoever. When I first got the stone, it held fireball, which is not a warlock spell. Technically. Okay, I just wanted to get the Crunch Squad question out of the way. Uh, as Mal is sitting there with her new Mastiff friend and Zaza, and she just is absentmindedly petting his head as he's chattering, she just kind of tunes it out as she's thinking through what to do next. And she gains an idea to go in search of a temple with a cleric. Because she has Nyun Stone, she's going to go and search out a cleric that she can pay to cast a certain spell into her Iron Stone. But as she's sitting there contemplating, she stops scratching his head for a moment and takes out her blade and just holds it across her lap as she's sitting in this thoroughfare. And she doesn't have any way of formally contacting Air 2, but she knows that he's connected to her and he's connected to this sword somehow and so she says out loud to herself to air two she says his name she goes air two i'm sure you've been watching you know what happened with the demonomicon you didn't tell me it would hurt people and she's in a sense praying i guess not knowing how to communion with him but also not expecting communion back from him but hoping that he's hearing her. You didn't tell me it would hurt anybody. You just asked for it. But it's hurting Lance. And it's hurting Fleeple. It's hurting us by having it. So if you want it, you better do something about it. Because I'm almost done with it. And she will stand up. And she will, through over the next several hours... She doesn't have any timeline to be on. She will find, through talking to people or going straight to temples, however you would go about finding a cleric that you could pay for a spell, find and pay a cleric for a second level divination spell locate object to be cast into her Ioun stone. Okay. And then, if that's successful, she will spend the rest of the six hours she has with her lovely new friend, whose name... 
I didn't understand through his wonderful accent. What is his Both name? Balthith. You want to spell that for me, Balthith? B-A-L-T-H-I-S. Thanks. If she's successful in finding a cleric, she'll spend the rest of the six hours she has with Balthus, honestly, searching for Lance. Because as much as the player doesn't want to, the character, I think, still thinks it's important. So she would use the resource she has in her arsenal, which is Balthus at this moment, to continue looking for Lance over the next six hours. Great. Easy enough. Uh, It would only take... Let's see how much gold. 300 gold. And Balthus is just continuing to chatter your ear off and being like, Who's the there too guy? You said the thumb about being dangerous. That sound too good. And he doesn't even, you don't have to respond because he just seemed like, I don't think you would do anything dangerous because you're, you're really nice and uh, I think you're doing great. I think your friend is the one that's dangerous. He ran away after turning invisible and just chatter, 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 chatter. What's the Mastiff's <laughs> favorite toy? A ball fist. Ha <laughs> 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 Yes! Inspiration, but I think you already <laughs> have it. Ooh. There we go. I don't have inspiration. Look at that. There you go. He deserves it for that. Mastiff's favorite toy of Balthus. Huh. I came up with that one all by myself. (laughs) Couldn't tell. You could tell, yeah. Oh, brilliant. The six hours are up, and uh, at the end of the six hours, it goes, Well, Malamara, this was fun. I hope you, uh, Hope you pop me out in seven days so we can hang out again, but what about turning into a statue? So, uh, I'll talk to you later, okay? And hey, good luck with your friend, and, uh, just remember, I don't think you're that dangerous, okay? And he licks your face. Well, I sure do love you. And immediately turns into a statue that you catch in your hand. In his statue form, and he goes, I'll just be right here. <laughs> <laughs> And after the six hours, without um, anything else, uh, she'll probably use Zaza to continue looking until nightfall. But by nightfall, she probably assumes that Lance will probably go back to the tavern on his, on his own. So she just resigns to go back there. Night has fallen. And uh, do all of you return back to the singing sword? Ooh. Yeah, I think I'll, I'll head back to the singing sword. Lance is there, but he's not in the... He is actually, through his thievery skills, is sitting in Malamara's room. Mm. Okay. Sounds good. So, we'll say that uh, all of you eventually meet up back at the Singing Sword, however you want that to occur. But it sounds like Lance wants to say something here. Yeah, Lance is not... he, He wants to very specifically, obviously, have a conversation with Malamara. He's not really coming down or anything. He's just waiting for her to get back to her room. After time, of course, Malamar goes into her room to go to sleep and... (gasps) Oh my gosh! Lance! I've been looking all over the city for you. Yeah, um, kind of figured. See, it lights a candle. As she sees Lance Thalen, Lance has changed. He is not in his outfit anymore because his outfit is ruined <laughs> beyond anything <laughs> he could ever do. Before. And so Lance, he, as I talked about, he was always in very black clothing, very like just blacks and grays and things. To He has changed. Uh, he went to a clothing merchant, got new clothes, 
and he is now in an outfit that has browns and oranges and reds that somehow accent the scarf a little bit more. Yeah, I kind of figured that you were looking for me. Sorry about earlier. How's your dog? Vance, what do you want? I'm sorry. I can't choose your path, Malamara. So I'm sorry for trying to do that to you. Just please hear me out. She's standing across the room from you with her arms folded as you're talking. I had a master, Vandal, promise me the world. And when I thought he was going to give it to me, I lost my world. I just, the hold he had on me, I can see something like that in you. That's why I ran. I don't want you to lose. But again, I can't choose that for you. But I will let you know. Fleeple and I, and I know have you, you have your whole thing to deal with him, we are going to fight to make sure you don't. That's all. And he'll start to walk toward the door. Mal gives him cold shoulder, I guess, very resistant to the things that he's saying, those kind of vibes. She stands there with her arms folded. But as he does pass her, she reaches out and grabs his arm. And quietly, just just so quietly, she says, Ertu wants the book. I don't know why. And he hasn't asked for it since I got it. And even when he asked for it, I, I'm not sure I want to give it to him. I chose you and Fleeple over their book once. And I would do it again. But I need you to promise to not do anything to the book yet. I may need it for him or to leverage against him. I didn't mean for you or Fleeple to get hurt. And she'll let go of his arm. We're here for you, but it's your choice what to do with it. It's in your bed. And he'll walk out. As you start walking away, you both hear from Mal's bag, Sending stone! <laughs> Mal will go answer the sending stone. <laughs> and the message you get is, can't sleep, think we should talk, don't know where Lance is, but where are you? Uh, Mal will look back at the door. Did the ringing of the Ioun stone stop Lance or did he leave? Just hearing it, he kind of stops. But I don't know if you hearing the message, I don't know how the the, the sending stone works. Does it? Does it play for everyone in there? I like this flavor that it just, it rings yeah. and you pick it up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, hello? So did I hear it or did you just hear the message? I, I, just... I think we both heard the ringing of the stone and mm-hmm. uh, maybe the I just heard just the message. The stone just has words like yeah. etched in the stone. Etched as in, like, yeah, maybe that. Yeah. As you like swipe yeah. left. <laughs> just like <laughs> Maybe she's message. like reading it out as she sees that. Yeah. As right. I see it. Canon. Yeah. Canon. Yeah, so Lance, then hearing that, Lance will kind of just acknowledge it with a nod and just be like, I I think this is best between you two. She'll nod to him, and then back into the sending stone she'll say, which comes out as text on his sending stone. I think Lance has gone to bed, but I'm in my room if you want to come chat. All right, and in short order, you'll see Fleeple uh, turn the corner of the hallway and, uh, yeah, finger guns. Hey. Mal is sitting on her bed cross-legged, 
um, when you come into a room. Hey, so uh, I have been thinking about a lot of stuff. I stopped by the Temple of Bahamut earlier and I was just, you know, contemplating, you know, how my power... I've been thinking a lot about just where our power comes from as individuals. And I had the realization that while some of my power does come from Bahamut, most of it comes from the world, from the forces of life around us. And I think you might be overestimating how much of your power comes from air too. Certainly some of it does, but most of your power, Malamara, comes from yourself. Mal, I was when I was talking with Lance, he encouraged me to go uh, talk to somebody about getting a new contract written up. And, you know, here it is, woohoo! And I spread my hands out and there's nothing in them. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Open... Malamara, I... I don't think we need a contract that's so stuffy. You don't need to work for me. Um, I think it'd be really cool if you maybe wanted to hang around. So, in lieu of a contract between co-workers of sorts, I was wondering if maybe I could ask you for a promise from a friend. She cocks her head intrigued. Can you promise me that you will think about where you want your power to come from? Mal will gesture to the empty end of her bed, offering a seat to Fleeple if he'd like to take it. He takes the seat more quickly than he probably ought to. (laughs) Fleeple, can I tell you something? Yeah? I think that the power that you have your dedication to Bahamut and the things that you have overcome in your life is inspiring. I grew up not feeling like I had any power. I, I ha- always had more strength and physical power than most of the people around me, which actually made me feel like I had so much less. It made me feel like an outsider. <sighs> I know you don't approve of my boon with Air 2. But I want you to know that I made a deal and I need to see it out. And recently it has come to my attention that this boon is hurting you and Lance. And I never wanted that. I, When I set out and made this deal, I had no idea that I would find people like you and Lance to have in my life. (sighs) But I still think it's really important to see some of it out. I'm not, I'm not like a follower of him and I'm not like planning on moving into the abyssal plane or anything, anything like that. It just, it's really hard to give up power when you grew up powerless, you know? Well, If you need to pay back a debt to a terrible debtor, maybe we could help out with that. And then, if you're not under that debtor's thumb anymore, maybe we could find somebody else who could give you power. That does sound like a good deal. Something that you might even find in a contract. 
She like gives him a like a tusky smile. Yeah, if, if you want to write up a contract, that we can write up a contract. It's <laughs> it's it's kind of funny when you think about it. Honestly, it is. It is so funny. I like what? working for you, Fleepo. Hmm. I. I haven't really been paying you, I think, and I reach into my satchel and I pull out a hundred gold pieces and just dump them on the on the bed next to me. Well, it's about time. Yes, you could buy ten really, really good fondue pots with that. At least. What? What's what's fondue? Uh, you, me, and Lance are going to go to this lovely little place tomorrow. <laughs> Thanks for coming and talking to me. I wasn't sure where we sat after this afternoon. Um, well, we sit right here. I'm sorry that right I made you feel that other. way. Yeah. Yeah, we are. I'm still sorry that I made you feel that way. I'm sorry that I snapped at you. It, I, have you ever heard of the term instant regret? I am familiar with the concept. Yeah. <laughs> I think we could all use a little bit of rest, but uh, breakfast is on me. Hey! Sounds good. I'll see you in the morning. See you in the morning. And as all of you fall asleep and you do have restful dreams, you all wake up in the morning feeling refreshed, feeling a little hopeful, feeling charged. It's still a little ways away from the council, so you still have some time to heal, and you still have some time to talk to each other. And as you all come downstairs, and true to his word, Fleeple, breakfast is on him, um, with some fine morning cheeses uh, from a charcuterie board. Everything's covered in cheese. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> the best food and the best breakfast always covered in cheese. Uh, you actually are mirthful. The three of you are finding some things and uh, commenting on Lance's new outfit um, and uh, just maybe taking a playful jab here, playful jab there, and things are still a little raw, but this is a real good step moving forward to healing. And it's in the middle of this that you hear distant bells clinging. And just a few seconds later, the bells are not clinging any so distantly, but very close. And it seems that the whole city has suddenly started clinging with these warning and alarm bells. It is alarming and the three of you rush to the window where you see a, not one, not two, but in your current eyesight, you see three red dragons flying above the city. Each of them appear to have riders on their back. And as you're taking this in, one of them veers towards your area of the city and as screams and yells are buffeting about in the city, you could swear that the dragon is looking directly at the three of you as it rears its head back and shoots a massive fireball directly into your direction at 
the singing sword. And that is where we are going to end this week's episode of iCast Fireball. Okay, 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 okay. Why, did, why would we mention this in a month's <laughs> time? Yeah. We still in our downtime. We still in our downtime. What yeah. happened during our downtime? What made the council be like, oh, the cult of the dragon hasn't been seen in forever? Well, don't you remember? Yeah. A month ago? Yeah. When we get back to the... When we get back to the proper flow of time, Fleeple's going to be just kicking himself for being like, why didn't I mention those three dragons that attacked us at the tavern? <laughs> our case. I was going to be like, I was like, can I buy some like healing potions and like maybe mm. some incense? And That's what that I was, was, I was like, oh yeah, life. we need to buy some healing potions. In the <laughs> before, before we get nope. into the outro, I just need to know, yeah. does the rider on the back of the dragon have a nose? Have a nose? You'll have to find out. Because <laughs> if it doesn't have a nose, I know what's going on. Ned, Jacob, Mickey, thank you so much for joining. And what a very satisfying and cathartic episode for me as well. I, uh, I was able to sit back and really enjoy and feel the emotion welling up inside me. And so thank you so much, not only for your performances, not only for playing, uh, but for just being here every week. And listeners, thank you for joining us on this. Uh, I hope it was cathartic and uh, catharsis moment for you as well. Joining us as uh, the Jank Squad, Jank Squad? The Jank Squad uh, finds their way through their emotion and through their uh, through their own relationships there. So thank you, thank you, thank you. If you like what we're doing here, please leave us a five-star review to let us know that you like what we're doing. Uh, it gets us into other people's recommended, fee- uh, recommended feeds so that they also uh, can come along this journey, not just in this episode, but overall. And if you want to leave something a little bit longer than a review, you can shoot us an email, iCastFireball2020 at gmail.com or shout us out on our on uh, all the social medias with at iCastFireball20. We have a few people to shout out today. We have a review, a five-star review that says, thank you. This comes from Llama, but all of the letters are uh, like, um, like at the L has like slashes in the middle and then the A's have like lines above it. Uh, very creative, but uh, they say, I know the effort it takes to make a podcast and to release almost weekly. It's incredible. I was introduced to ICF by Titans of Altera. Shout out to Josh, which I introduced, which I was introduced to from Sneak Attack. Shout out to Reed. So it is a full circle. The fact that it is clean family friendly makes it even better as I have some issues with other RPG podcasts before. Thank you so much. Llama, thank you so much. We strive to be family-friendly over here and uh, put out the best content we possibly can, so thank you so much. There was a fan email we received from Jason and said, I found you from a brief clip Josh did to showcase this crossover into your podcast. Shout out to Josh! And if you're not listening to Titans of Altera, you need to go give them a listen and leave them a five-star review. They're incredible. Sorry, back to the email, though, from Jason. I've been binging my way along since then, and I finally just about to those episodes. Many of my podcasts are tolerated but not enjoyed by my wife. 
On a five-hour drive back from Nebraska, we both happily listened along through multiple episodes. Jason, I can relate. I have a lot of podcasts that are tolerated by my wife, and so finding a podcast that you both can enjoy is high praise, and we do not take that lightly. So thank you very much, and thank you, uh, Jason's wife, as well. Um, it is uh, Jason continues on. It is really gr- great enjoying this with her. Thanks again for all you do, and keep up the good work. We will. We will keep it up as long as we possibly can. Thank you for your kind, encouraging words. That's uh, all the shout-outs we have for this week, and we just want to thank you again from the bottom of our hearts, everybody. Speaking of shout-outs, though, we want to shout-out our sister podcast, as always, Improv Tabletop, where Ned here at the table takes a turn as the GM, Keeper, or um, a Crime Lord, depending on the tabletop system they're running running through, uh, takes a minute and he runs through these wonderful, beautifully crafted adventures. Most of them are improv uh, completely from nothing. And so it's a fun, fun exploration. Some of them are wacky and wild, uh, where I play Moby Dick in one of them. Uh, that was a pretty wacky one. But then you have others which are more grounded and uh, more fantastical that are in the Avatar Legends or Avatar The Last Airbender world. Go give him a shout out. Don't go give him a listen. Or where I was Nicolas Cage, or a very, very try to attempt to be Nicolas Cage. Regardless of my Nicolas and Cage impression, go give him a five star review as well. Lastly, don't forget to like, subscribe, and share with your fellow friends and wacky adventurers. But until next time, I'm Tom DM, and around the table we have Malamara, Lance Thalen, and Fleeple. Let's keep that fire going, and we'll see you all next time.